story one chapter twenty one of the dwarf's chamber and other stories by fergus hume this librivox recording is in the public domain story one chapter twenty one an important communication about two years after the events heretofore recorded warwick as celia continued to call him had occasion to write to his grandfather who was then in paris i regret to hear he wrote among other things that winyard is dead he did not live long to enjoy the income you so kindly allowed him and i am afraid it was my succession to his place of your heir that induced him to take to the dissipated courses which have now terminated in his death by his own hand but if you my dear grandfather write about the end of one life i have information to impart concerning the beginning of another celia has just confided to me that she trusts shortly to become a mother and i am in great hopes that it will be a son so that the direct succession may be secured as is natural i cannot help wondering if i shall be the father of a dwarf my father was one as you know so it is not improbable that the hereditary taint will reappear in the person of my son or daughter i trust that this will not be so and that it may be many a long day before the dwarf's chamber is provided with another tenant still i am anxious and i shall continue to be so until the matter is proved otherwise several times i have consulted with price but medical science can give us no aid some taint in our blood induces the reappearance of these extraordinary beings at irregular intervals but price suggests that as your generation produced madame tot and the succeeding one my father it is not improbable that my own generation being free the next one may be the same how thankful both i and celia shall be if our expected child proves to be free from this terrible curse so terrible does it seem to me that i often question whether it was wise for you to lift me from my obscurity and let me marry celia if winyard had succeeded to the estates being a distant relation the taint might have disappeared in his children but celia and myself being in the direct line i dread the worse this being the case i should like you to come back at your earliest convenience in order to discuss the matter if a dwarf is born are we justified in shutting up the unfortunate creature in the chamber it seems to me to be rather cruel for though madame tot appears to be happy and content yet she pines at times for a breath of the outer world again if our dwarfs were ugly monstrosities i could understand the reason for their seclusion but they are so perfectly made so intelligent so attractive in every sense of the word that beyond the fact of their tiny size i see no reason why our family should not openly avow their existence this point will bear a great deal of discussion though perhaps it may not be raised as there is no use anticipating trouble and the future generation may be free from the taint during your absence i have amused myself by writing a record of my adventures from the time i arrived footsore and hungry at dalesford it is astonishing how interesting they prove to be for the whole circumstances with which i was brought into contact are so odd that were they set forth in a novel i doubt whether they would gain credence people would deny the existence of our hereditary taint they would scout the idea of a dwarf's chamber of a tiny size and furnished as is madame tot's with dolls tables and chairs no doubt they would laugh to scorn her fanciful ideas regarding fairies and gnomes and ascribe them 
to insanity as we know this is not the case for her fantasies are but the result of an over-vivid imagination and her brain is as clear as crystal mistress sally remains as ever my very good friend and i rarely ride past the lelanro arms without pausing for a tankard of her famous ale and a few minutes gossip as you may remember she was greatly amazed at my proving to be the heir to your name and notwithstanding our care in concealing the truth she shrewdly suspects that i am the son of the dwarf who was taken away by her brother but in spite of her garrulity she is as close as the grave on this one point which affects our honour and never by word or deed hints that she knows of the secret chamber or of the race of dwarfs i have often talked to madame todd about that ingenious puzzle which she constructed out of our name had she only been able to do so without altering the date of birth i might have discovered the truth sooner as it was the taking of ten years from my father's life threw me all out and indeed i have often questioned myself as to whether under the circumstances i could possibly be his son of course the adding of ten years proves that i was born when he was twenty-one instead of at the absurd age of eleven so i am now fully convinced to the contrary yet had not madame tot been present at that important interview to explain her alteration of the date grave complications might have arisen concerning my identity she is just the same good little creature as full of fancies and fairy ideas as ever i play my violin often to her and then she is happy while it is ridiculous the care the tiny creature takes of celia who towers above her she passes most of her days in the summer-house for she is much less inclined to join in the fairy revels than aforetime there i found her yesterday weeping bitterly and after some persuasion she confided to me the cause of her trouble i had hoped she said mysteriously that oberon would have sent you and cecilia a fairy changeling like myself so as to make you happy but he will not do so yesterday the little red gnome told me that the king of fairy had decided to leave the human child and not replace it by a fairy infant so your child will grow into a man-mountain like yourself and i who hoped for a fairy playfellow will be left desolate though this was but a fantasy of her brain i was secretly glad to hear it and i trust that her prophecy may come true indeed she says that when she dies the dwarf's chamber will be shut up for oberon irritated at the way in which you sent your son out of the house had decided to give no more changelings to the lelanro family nay more he will signify his intention by taking back again to fairyland the charmed cup which sir james lelanro stole from the little people but madame tot seems to have forgotten that the cup is not now in the possession of our family with such fancies does madame tot beguile her weary days and i am afraid she will not live long how happy would i be could i think she was likely to be the last dwarf of our family but i am by no means hopeful both from a fairy and scientific point of view we are ignorant of the matter and it must be left in the hands of providence and now my dear grandfather i trust you will return soon and see me about these matters celia and madame tot send their dear love and i remain as ever your dutiful and affectionate grandson algernon lelanro End of chapter 21